Off the Chains is sponsored by Simeon Brothers Creative. Design, print, and promotion. For any of your graphic design needs, follow Simeon Brothers Creative on any of your social media platforms. That's S-I-M-I-A-N Brothers Creative. Disc Golf World, and welcome to another edition of Off the Chains, a disc golf podcast for those who have a true love and passion for the sport. This is episode 11. I am your host with the most, of course, Cody Enervold, PDGA member 148739. And I want to start off this episode real quick by just letting people know if they have not gotten the opportunity, or have not taken the opportunity, I should say, to spend an hour of their day to listen to last week's episode I did with Gavin Rathbun, please take the time and do so. Uh, it was a great time with him, interviewing him, uh, learning about his disc golf life, how he got started, um, all the great things um, he experienced this past season, all the places he's traveled. Uh, he even gave us his reactions to James Conrad's shot at Worlds. Um, it was a great time. Uh, very down-to-earth person. Uh, like I was saying in my post last week when I... Uh, uploaded the episode like if you got 10 10 minutes of your time ever just to spend with him just to talk to him for like 10 minutes five ten minutes it'll be it'll be worth it that guy he'll talk to you anything whether it's disc golf related whether it's uh sports related he especially loves ufc you talk to him anything mma related ufc related he'll be about that so uh thank you again gavin if you listen to this week's episode uh for coming on last week uh, it was a true honor to have you on. Like I said, I know you're dealing with your so, uh, shoulder injury uh, to repair that tore, uh, rebuild your rehab your torn labrum. <laughs> labrum, I almost said rebuild, <laughs> rehab it. But um, the fact that you took time out of your busy life to do that for me that was awesome. So thank you again. And hopefully, I'm not going to say if you do. I'm going to say when you do win a tournament this se- uh, upcoming season. I uh, would like to have you on. I know there's a way to do it off this app to like street, uh, uh, kind of not like FaceTime, but just kind of be able to have somebody on to do the episode while they're not here. You know, they're up over away. Uh, I just got to figure out how to do that. My buddy Alex Ator runs his own podcast. It's called uh, Flip the Score. Shameless plug for Alex Ator. Flip the Score. It's all about gaming. If you uh, video games, if you want to listen to that for an hour or more. Um, he would know how to do all that stuff, so I would have to get his advice on that. But uh, speaking of Gavin, I do have some great news to talk about him in the later in the episode. So uh, other than that, let's move on real quick. And if you guys have not followed me yet, um, all my links will be in my post when I up, uh, post my episode later today. Uh, all my links will be in there, as well as my email uh, address for the uh, show. If you want to email the show, give me advice on what do you think I should fix, uh, any questions you have for me on the show that you would like me to answer, 
even if you're like, if you love disc golf and you want to come on the show and talk about your disc golf in life, like, even if you're not on the PDGA, like, if you just love playing disc golf, like, more than welcome to come on. Just shoot me an email, or if you even have me on Facebook or Snapchat or um, text message, just go ahead and feel free to reach out to me. So, I'm always down to have people on, so. All right, we're going to move on real quick to our opening topics for today's episode, and we're going to start off because I did not get a chance to talk to it, uh, uh, talk about it last week, as like I said, I had Gavin on, so we kind of just spent most of the hour talking to him, uh, but that was this past November 6th, this past, that past Saturday, November 6th, at a tournament over in Walnut, Illinois, called the Walnut Open, where, that's right, yours truly took down his uh, second win of the season, and also a back-to-back -back victories, um... Like when I won the Illinois Valley Invitational uh, on October 23rd and 24th, I won by seven strokes. This one I ended up taking it down by nine strokes. Uh, it was a very good time. I actually played the course blind. Never, uh, never played it before. Uh, very easy course. Very fun course. Um, definitely need some uh, repairs on it. Not like super repairs, but just like to improve the course, make it better. Uh, but the people who took... Uh, who Built it. I cannot. They said their names at the tournament, and for the love of me, it was like over two weeks ago, so I'm not going to remember. But they did a fantastic job with the course, and hopefully, the money that they did not get from, or the money that they made for the tournament, for like the raffles that they did or whatnot, will go towards making that course better. And if that tournament is put on next year, that'll definitely be a course uh, I will be looking forward to having on my schedule. And if I do not end up playing that next year, uh, anybody who has a chance to go to the Walnut, uh, to Walnut Disc Golf Course in Walnut, Illinois, it's a little 18-hole course. It's fun. Uh, there's a couple spots, uh, a couple shots that'll challenge you. Uh, but overall, it's a great time. Uh, some of the placements on the um, on the uh, baskets are not, or on the tee boxes to the baskets are not the best. But oh, that's only on a couple holes. But overall, other than that, it'll be a good time. Um, it's definitely, um, I'm not going to say it's like a very good beginner course, but it's definitely a course you would, I would play if I was trying to learn better shots, uh, better shot uh, selection, especially with like my up shots and my jump shots and uh, up shots and approaches, I mean, sorry, I, I mixed up shots with jump putting, so. Um, but that was a fun tournament I played, uh, and that was actually hopefully my final MA4 tournament. As uh, the rating system came out on the 9th of November, and I shot up to uh, 9 points to 858 rated. So I'm officially considered now an MA3 player, which is which is another term for recreational. And I got one more tournament coming up, and hopefully after that we can start getting the offseason. Get my arms, get my hips, get my legs and everything strong. and Hopefully I can get some better... Uh, better luck next season. I mean, I already had pretty good luck this season. I had a fantastic year. Uh, I got to meet some fantastic people, some young, some old. Um, got to live out one of the best seasons of my life playing disc golf. Never won anything in my life. Uh, so the fact that I was able to win uh, two tournaments this year, like especially when I talked to my mom in the middle of the year and said, I'd be lucky to even like come close to winning one this year, especially after I came so close at uh, D-Glow. But the fact that I was able to win at least one, let alone back-to-back, -back, or let alone two, is fantastic. And the fact that I can say to myself, if I were to retire today from disc golf, and say, I actually was able to accomplish back-to-back -back wins on the PDGA. So that I think that is a bigger feeling than having two wins on the PDGA, is knowing that those two wins you have so far were back-to-back -to -back tournaments. So, uh, it was a good time. 
I ended up playing on a card with a um, with a 15 year old boy. His name was Carson Sapp, and this kid started off hot. Like him and I were just going like boom, 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 boom. You know, we're just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And this kid had everything. Like he had everything cooking for him, everything going. Like this man was. Landing the shots like about 20, 30 feet out. He was making good putts. He was had bad upshot or had bad looks at upshots, but was ended up making somehow making them look good. And then it was like in the first round, we ended up getting to because it was nineteen hole course. We ended up getting to maybe like twelve holes in, and he kind of just started falling. Now I don't want to say falling apart, but he kind of it started like the gas, the foot started to come out the gas pedal a little bit, and. uh he just had a couple bad shots, and he just really, really got down on himself. And to be honest, it kind of made me think about myself when I used to, when I first started playing. Like, oh no, I took a triple bogey on a par on a on a hundred ninety some foot hole that I should have got a birdie on, you know, and just getting really down on myself, and then it ends up affecting my entire round or my entire tournament. And it was something that I definitely had to work on for half a season, and. I'm still working on it to this day, but you know, it's like little baby steps here and there and you can get, you can, uh, eventually I'll get there. But he ended up, we were both at like, I want to say two under up until like hole 12. I think I ended up birdieing, or no, I parred out until the last two holes. I ended up bogeying them birdieing. So I stayed at two under after the first round, I believe. And, um, he, I think he ended up doing like a two over first or one over first round. So he ended up getting behind me by like three strokes. So he was still sitting pretty good. Um, we did a shotgun start. So I assumed we were all going to be on the same card because this pretty much every, you know, shotgun start I've done. Um, they have had uh, us be just pretty much stay on the same card with the same people just so it keeps the thing going. But they actually reshuffled everything and I was able to be on a card with all the people that I was close to competing with. Which I kind of uh, ended up pulling away from them after like hole six or seven of the second round. But uh, that kid Carson, he ended up being in the car uh, on the card in front of me on the chase card, and I believe he ended up doing a three over second round. So he was he didn't do, he did obviously did a bet, bet worse round than he did the first. But he was getting down on himself. His dad was caddying for him. Uh, he was just you know his dad was fantastic. His dad was awesome. Uh, there was at one point where he was, like, trying to videotape his son, and I was cracking up at it because he, like, put his phone up. Like, his son gets ready to take a shot. It lines up the shot. looks like he's getting ready to throw. Dad puts his phone up. Then all of a sudden, he doesn't go. And then he takes a deep breath. So Dad puts his phone down. Then he relines up. Then Dad puts his phone back up. And then he, take, and then he like, all of a sudden takes two steps back. Or no. And then he's like, so his dad puts his phone down again. Puts it back up when he's ready. Then he's like, oh, no, this is not my disc. This is not the disc I need to throw here. So at this point, I could just hear his dad, like, just, like, do this, like, faint, deep sigh. And it just made me laugh. It's like, and we were, like, laughing about it. It's like, all right, anytime today, Junior. You know? <laughs> but um, he was getting down on himself. And he was, but he was, he had power, man. He had, like, 330, 340-foot shot drives. And so I, I didn't even know how old the kid was. I think we were on, like, hold. 13 or 14 um, of the 19 holes and I f <clears throat> we finally caught up to him on a backup and I he was walking up to his disc because he threw out a bounce so he kind of walked up in front of the crowd so I just was walking with his dad a little bit and I just happened to ask him you know how old is the kid and he said he was only he's only 15 and I said I immediately like rolled my eyes and I chuckled and I said and that and that kid wants to get down on himself 
I said, he's got to understand, like, before the rating system came out, him and I were both 849 rated, so he had to understand, like, you know, like, it's gonna happen, things like this will happen, um, you know, like, we're both 849 rated, and I'm 29 years old, you're 15, like, you have plenty of time to get better, like, I wish I was you, I wish I started that young, like, I didn't even learn about the sport until I was 17, 18 years old, didn't even take it seriously until about two years ago. So the fact that that kid's only 15 years old, um, and he can throw that far, uh, my God, if he cleans up that stuff a little bit, cleans up his up shots, cleans his putting up, that man is going to be absolutely dangerous to be around on the disc golf scene. And I can honestly see big things happening for that kid. Uh, he was super cool, super down to earth. Um, he just, like I said, he just some got a couple bad holes and it really got to him. And I kind of gave him some brotherly advice, and I was just like, you know. Take, if you could take it, if I could give you any advice here, because I don't really, I don't like telling people how to play disc golf, you know, that's just not me, I don't want to be that person that's like, oh, you need to throw this shot better, or you need to throw it this certain way, you know, I don't like doing that, I'm not, you don't tell me how to play disc golf, I'm not going to tell you how to play it, but I just basically told them, you know, I'm just like, you know, if I could give you best any advice I can, just don't dwell on the hole for long. Like, you, let's say you have a par 3 or a par 4 and you take a triple bogey on it or a quad bogey on it. Or hell, you take, you're on a par 3 hole and you take a snowman, an 8. Like, you say, okay, that that's the shit. Like, you know, you get mad. You get mad, you get frustrated. I get that. Who wants to play, who wants to get an 8 on a par 3? But it's like, as I had to even learn this, certainly. And I just told them, I'm like... All you gotta do is just take a deep breath, think to yourself, like, his name was Carson, so I'd be like, okay, Carson, that's your one, you know, that's your one hole, like, dwell on it for that split second, dwell on it from the time you throw your disc in to the basket, to the time you pick it out of the basket, and then we walk over to the next tee, and it's your time shot. Once it's your shot, that shouldn't even be, it. that thing, that last hole should not even be in your thought process anymore. You just look at yourself, you just think, re refocus, take a deep breath, and say, Okay, now I just focus. You got this. And I I even have like an eight step uh, eight step system. And if I had it here, hang on. And it'll even say in it. It'll just be like, oh yeah, here we go. Things to tell myself every time. Know your strength, you know, and play smart. Uh, play wind if it's a super windy day, which we were dealing with that day. It was like twelve to sixteen mile an hour winds. Uh, make sure you line up your shot and visualize where you want to throw it and what you're gonna where and what you're gonna throw. Uh, relax, take a deep breath. Basically, just get, once you're lining up your shot and you know you're ready to throw, before you go up and throw, just take it. Just relax, take a big deep breath. Like I said, if you have a one bad hole, dwell on it, recover off of it, move on. Focus is one of the main things I always tell everybody. If I can give them any advice, is always focus. And then uh, two the two other main things are to have fun. And don't ever think it's you against other people in your division. Like, if you're in a division with, you know, say, 40 or 50 other people, or even the small one, like, 5, like, 10, like I've been in before, don't ever think to yourself, okay, it's me versus 10 other people. No. It is you versus the course. Don't ever think about them. Always think about it's you versus the course. Because it's always going to be, it's always like, okay, you're facing the course. You are in charge of what you are going to do today. The course is going to dictate what you do that day. So the fact that, so based off what you do that day, will based off where you sit, what you do, what your score is that day, and then that will be based off where your placement is after that round. You should never, and this is the thing I had to tell myself, I had to learn, uh, 
from Gavin Rathbun, from Chandler Fry, from Jack Fillenworth, Alex Ator, Chris Lozo. You just have to do it. That's all you gotta do. Basically. Yeah. So. Um. But other than that, yeah, just like I said, it's always gonna be just you versus the course. Don't ever think about the other people in that. And then, like, because that was a big thing I had to, uh, when they all told me that uh, before I went into D-Glow. And I just said, okay. And then I didn't think about it. I didn't look at my phone. I did nothing. I kept scoring u disc. That was about it. So I just knew what we were all, us and our card were doing. But I didn't know where we were all sitting. And before I knew it, one of the guys on my card, his name was Ryan Cook. He ended up getting first place in the thing. Him and I stayed on the same card all three days. And now we're actually pretty good friends. By the way, shout out to Ryan Cook all the way out in Michigan if you're listening to the show, man. Um, I see you always posting stuff saying like, oh, like all oh, these discs from the team you're sponsored by. Like, oh, use my code and you'll get 10% off. I feel like I feel like I should, you should mail me a free disc for, for stealing my first place trophy at Deagle, you self-centered son of a bitch. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, Ryan Cook was pretty cool, man. Him and his caddy Todd Cavender. Uh, I think if I said his last name right, Cavender or Cavender, Ka maybe. I think it's Cavender. That sounds a lot more realistic to me anyway. I could be completely wrong, but both of them were super cool, super fun to hang out with. Uh, definitely trying to travel a lot more next year, so hopefully I get a couple tournaments out in Michigan. We can definitely link up, uh, get a couple rounds in, and maybe... Uh, and then you guys can show me some things in Michigan. It'd be a pretty good time. So, but other than that, it was a fantastic time. Like I said, shout out to the guys who ran it. Uh, <laughs> can't even have their names right now. And that's awful of me, but they ran a really good tournament. Uh, they definitely want to get it going more. It was a C tier event. Um, they want to turn into a B tier next year, which with the money they won off the raffle at this tournament, they should be able to get some repairs and, Hopefully, people we can get more people out there. We got 72 this year. Hopefully, we can get out more next year and turn this into a bigger sanctioned uh, tournament. So, it'll be a good time. So, look for the Walnut Open out in the future if you don't, if you ever want to get into that. So, Alright, moving into our weekend recap real quick. and I know there's, it's weird to say that because the disc golf season was pretty much over October. <laughs> in the middle of October. But, uh, GK Pro and... Yeah, Ace Run Pro and like Gatekeeper Media and all those uh, post-production uh, YouTube channels are still doing, are still running, are still doing post-production on certain tournaments. And GK Pro just did one at a tournament down in Arkansas called the Fourth Annual the Dynamic Fourth Annual Northwest Arkansas o Open, sponsored by Fayetteville. If I said that right, and also sponsored by Dynamic Disc. It was a, an A-tier event taking place in Springdale, Arkansas from Friday, November 12th to Sunday, November 14th with 226 players in the field. Um, the Open Men's was saw um, first place winner being Andrew Presnell who ended up shooting a 34-under for the whole tournament with a 10-under final round. Um, averaging at a 10.61 event average, which is... Th uh, 33 points above his rating. I think that's right. Did I count? I think I miscounted that. Yeah, no, no, 33. We're right. Uh, which he had a fantastic... I've heard, like... It's weird, like, Andrew Presnell uh, is a name that you haven't probably heard a lot this year. Uh, I met him at D-Glow. He was uh, sitting, having a chat, chit-chatting up uh, with uh, Brian Earhart when I went up and got Brian and his autograph. And I am a terrible person. 
because I've always heard Andrew Pre at that time. I always heard Andrew Presnell's name, but I never like actually met him in person. So my dumb ass. All right, I walk up and I'm talking to Brian, and in my head I'm thinking this is fucking Thomas Thomas Earhart, his brother. But I didn't say like you know like oh Thomas can I get you out of here? I just said you want to sign this too, and he did. And then when I read the signature, it said Andrew Presnell, and I said oh my god, I cannot believe I thought that was Thomas Earhart, and I've met Thomas Earhart before. Like, it's been like five, six years since I met him last to watch him play, but, um, yeah, it was very awkward, and, uh, I just felt terrible for doing that, but Andrew Presnell was a very nice person to talk to, uh, him and, uh, Brian Earhart signed my, uh, Delwood, uh, Clash of the Canyons 5 fanny pack that had Ryan Fancher's face on it, and I don't care what anybody says, um, I am not gonna call it a fanny pack, it, to me, it will always be my fancy pack. Because Ryan Fancher's on it. So it would always be a Fancy pack to me. But uh, Andrew Presnell. <laughs> shout out to you Ryan Fancher. But uh, Andrew Presnell was able to take it down. Uh, it was a three round tournament. And he ended up taking it by three strokes. Which ended up seeing him winning. I believe over $1,400. Yeah $1,447. With. Um. Kyle Klein coming in second place at 31 under with a 12 under final round, earning $964. Joel Freeman coming in third uh, third place at 29 under with a 9 under final round, earning $631. And also tying with Nico LaCastro is a name that is a known name on the disc golf scene, but also has not been seen, heard a lot of this year, um, other than winning when he won uh, Waco this year. So, uh, Nico LeCaster getting tied for third as well at a 29-under with a 7-under final round. Also went earning $631. And then getting fifth place is my boy Luke Humphreys, who, other than Gavin, uh, has, Gavin has the second, like I said in his intro, but Luke Humphreys has the best-looking mustache on the course, on the tour, and also has the best goddamn dog on the tour. Hoagie is the best. He's such a good old boy. He's just the goodest. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I met uh, Hogan and uh, Luke Humphreys at Clash of the Canyons, and Hogan walked right up to me and started licking my hand. Like, he didn't get no skittish or anything. He's so used to being around people. It's great. But a uh, shout-out to Luke Humphreys for getting fifth place with a 21-under final round uh, tournament, 7-under final round, and Zacharias Johnson getting sixth place at 19-under with a 2-under final round. So hats off to the top six who won that. As for the women, and now... I couldn't find the post-production on this. I'm sure it'll be up at some point. But I am pleased to announce, and I am so incredibly proud of this girl. Cat Merch ended up winning this tournament. And this is a name that you probably have not heard a lot of. Uh, you've heard, you've seen her a lot, especially this year. She has come up more. Uh, she is, she is an Arkansas native. Um, I don't believe, I don't know if she is dating Nico. But the way they act together all the time, I see them together, they act like they could be together. But, um, and if they are, good for them. But, um, that's how I've seen her the most, is just being around Nico Caddian for at Clash of the Canyon. She kind of fell apart at the end. But the fact that I see her taking this down, and not only taking it down, but winning by 10 goddamn strokes, uh, was amazing. So, huge shout out to Cat Merch and a big congratulations to her from Rosebud, Arkansas. Shooting a six under tournament with a three under final round, earning $442. Uh, Lindsay Fish coming in second place with a four over tournament with a one under final uh, round, earning $264. And then Cynthia. Oh, there's only four in this, so there's only four women in this, and then so there probably won't be even post production. 
And then Cynthia Ricciotti got 17 over for finishing third, two over final round. Uh, and then Haley Day got finishing fourth place, which was last, earning shooting a 52 over par with a 15 over final round. Uh, so heads off to the women who did come out to that. It doesn't seem like there was a lot, so I'm glad to see that they were able to still make a card, make a field for that. Um, because usually if they have two or three, they're just like, or they're just like, yeah, we're just not going to have that. Or they just end up getting added to something else. But doesn't matter what the field looked like. The fact that Kat Merch took that down, I'm super, super, super happy for her. She is very young, very com upcoming on the scene. And I expect very, 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 very big things for her in 2022. So. Uh, but yeah, that's all I pretty much had on the Northwest Arkansas Open because I didn't really, um, <laughs> I didn't really take the time to watch the post-production. I watched the first round Monday and then I had family come over because my mom and my aunt and all them get together with my grandma uh, and watch Dancing with the Stars. So we all, my brothers and all them come over for dinner and then they leave when I go downstairs and watch football once they all, you know, start watching their show. So I didn't get a chance to really watch it because my nephew was hanging out with me, but I was able just to get the little cliff notes of it, but huge congratulations to um, Andrew Presnell and Kat Merch for taking down the 2021 4th Annual Northwest Arkansas Open. So, all right, we're running out these upcoming, or blah, these upcoming, because that's the next, the next topic I have, but I'm running out of uh, topics for the, the opening of the show. Um, so we're going to round it out by talking about the final, yeah, that's right, people. It is finally coming to an end. Your yours truly's 2021 disc golf season. And this is going to end this Sunday at November 21st up in Evergreen Park, Illinois at 50 Acre Park called Flight of the Turkey. And this tournament is a 20-hole tournament, 20-hole one-round C-tier sanctioned event hosted by my in tournament ran by my good buddy Mr. Mike Walsh. Uh, Mike Walsh, now, I met this man last year. I was talk to him about him briefly real quick. Uh, didn't even know really who he was. Uh, just signed up for a tournament he ran last year up there called uh, Beware of the Groot. And it was just the name of it. I just it struck me. It was like it was like intriguing to me. Plus, there was a big there was a big statue of there of Groot, and it's just like all right, so <clears throat> so I ended up playing that last year. And I did a great first round. Like, I had a couple practice rounds out there because I've never played the course before. Ended up getting an ace with my Sidewinder that I have signed in my room right here. And it's on my wall. It was like, I think it was my fifth ace. Yeah. It's like on hole three. And so I was feeling good, like, going up to it. And I ended up doing two over the first round, which at that time, because I just started, was good for me. You know, I was still kind of learning. So two over, I'm like, oh, that's like two under, three under to me, you know, at that time. And... I remember specifically walking up and saying, when would round two start? Or when would round two, like, tee off? Because they were all doing shotgun starts, so they were going to announce that they said it'd be an hour after we last card came in. But they said they would email it or it would be on PDGA. Which I kept checking and checking and checking and checking. I ended up being in my car for, like, an hour and, you know, 20 minutes. I got in my car at, like, 10... 45, 10, 50, and it was like the Bears game was starting that day when I talked to my grandma, and she's like, you should probably go up there and check. And unfortunately, the website was down, so all the and they made an announcement over the PA, which I didn't hear because I was out getting lunch, and I ended up missing my tea time by like uh, 20 minutes. 
and ended up having to take uh, sevens on like the first six holes. So I was already a shit, you know, tournament. I just fell apart. I think I did like 32 over. Didn't even get counted in the PDGA because it was so bad. And to make matters worse, it was super windy. It was super cold because it was the end of October. And it was also raining. So at that point, I just literally wanted to leave. I didn't want to be there. I kept telling Mike, you know, I was texting him while I was playing. I'm like, I don't even, part of me just wants to walk home. You know, I didn't want to do this. He, like, begged me to finish. He knew, he's like, you know, I don't really know how you are, but, or how you play, or who, you, like, you know, who you are, but I'm not going to let you give up, especially at a tournament that I'm running, you know. So he talked me out, he was, and I kept saying, you know, Mike, I really don't know if I want to do this. Like, it's pointless. I'm already way behind, you know. I'm not feeling the greatest. I'm already in a bad mood, and it's just already crap weather, you know. And he just said, I'll tell you what. If you finish it out, I will give you a disc for free, which ended up being a rock, a DX rock that I ended up um, doing pretty well with. I had it in my bag for about six, seven months before it finally broke on me because that DX plastic just sucks sometimes. The only DX plastic that I love having in my bag is a rock. Any other D thing made by DX plastic is like, yeah, no, get out of my, get the hell out of my bag. But I don't throw rocks anymore. I throw methods now, so kind of been switching a lot over to Dismania and Discraft lately but anyway so I ended up playing finishing it had a great time so I love the course that's why I'm going back this year to kind of redeem myself a little bit but kind of kind of losing track here Mike Walsh though is a very good guy he even gave me that disc gave me a mini and he even added me on Facebook and said we need to get around in sometime which I have yet to do I need to do it um and then he was telling me about this tournament coming up because uh, I wasn't able to do the group you know he's like you he was telling me he's like we got one more tournament i'm trying to get at 50 acre it's got to get it approved by the pdga which obviously it did and he was trying to get me to do it and i said you know my money's just a little tight for me if i was going to be able to do it, i wouldn't even have the money until like probably the day before the tournament which would i'm sure registration registration would be closed and there'd be plenty of spots open this man didn't even hesitate he literally just told me he's like well pay me when you have it and I will save you a spot in it. So the fact that he was able to do that, it's like didn't even hesitate. It was like, it's fantastic. So he is super cool for doing that. Uh, big shout out to you, Mike. I will have your money this Saturday. I promise I get paid this Saturday, so I will have it then. Um, but if anybody has not signed up for that yet, if there are spots still open, I have not checked. Uh, up, it's called Flight of the Turkeys at, Ever, at 50 Acre Park. It's in Evergreen Park, Illinois. It's a fantastic course. It's very open. It's not really. It's not wooded at all. There's maybe like two or three holes that have about four, like three or four trees in the way. That's about it. Pretty much other than that, it's wide open. Love the course. Love everything about the course. If it was closer, I'd be there all the time. Um, but it's like an hour drive for me. But if you have, if you have, to take the time to like look on disc golf scene and trying to get one more squeeze, one more tournament in. Uh, that would definitely be a tournament I would highly recommend. Uh, and I do need to message Mike Walsh and ask him if Alex Ator and I can be on the same card because him and I are both in the same division and it's both our last tournament of the year. So, but it is called Flight of the Turkey at 50 Acre Park in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ran by my buddy Michael Walsh. Michael W. Walsh. Uh, so if you get a chance to run out there and do that, that'd be awesome. So, uh, do, 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 do. what are we on to next? Here we go, people. Alright, moving on to our closing topics, and I have a few for you. And let's just start it off by doing this, okay? We'll start it off by uh, just the fact that the new major that was um, going to be this year, the Champions Cup, uh, if you have not heard the news yet, 
Um, where the hell have you been? No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's a major. It's a new major that was going to be presented this year, and it is still going on. Uh, it was supposed to be a, I believe, a four-round tournament that was supposed to be two rounds of stroke play and one round of match play. Um, but they just made a huge announcement on the fact that they had to make some changes to it. Uh, so this is an article that was written by Charlie Eisenhood, um, who's done some uh, commentary on the Disc Golf Network on some of the Silver Series tournaments, if you ha don't know who Charlie Eisenhood is. Um, he does a lot of stuff with Dana Vici on there. Uh, Dana Vici is cool. I wish I was able to do Illinois State's doubles this year. Um, but unfortunately, it was. So maybe sometime I'll definitely get to go out there. But All right, but this came from his... Uh, this was his article that he wrote on for Alte World Disc Golf, and it says right here that the newly minted fourth disc golf major called the PDGA Champions Cup that was set to debut in April 2022 will be dropping its unusual format for a standard four-round stroke play approach following negative feedback from players and sponsors. PDGA Board of Directors President and Majors Committee Chairman Nate Heinold said, quote, we originally got feedback on the event from many stakeholders and we didn't see a lot of negative con connotations from doing the original feedback, but based on additional feedback that we received from multiple stakeholders, including players, we wanted to get the tournament off on the right foot, um, so we changed the format, unquote. When the event was announced, it was planned to be a four-round stroke play event that qualified the top four finishers into a match play bracket to determine the champion. The untested format was seen as a way to dif dif differentiate the brand new tournament from other, more established majors, uh, but many players weren't thrilled about the hybrid format. Paul Ulibarri, Paul Disc Golf Pro Tour Touring Pro and PDGA Pro Touring Players Committee Chairman, said, quote, I love the format and I think you could do it at any other tournament besides the majors. But the majors are the most important ones we play, and stroke play is what we basically practice our whole careers on. It would do a disservice to people who have won majors in the past who have to win them in stroke play to end a tournament uh, to end a major playing it in match play. Unquote. Initially, the PGA stood behind the format, but the majors committee voted unanimously to change it after getting feedback. Um. Tournament director Robert Leonard said, quote, I felt it was crucial to get the key stakeholders of the event, which included Paul Ulibar and Kona Star Panis, representing the players together and discuss everything about the event. This included where players park, warm up, and ultimately the format. The PDGA hopes to still make the event feel different thanks to its invite-based registration limited field with 100 MPO players, 40 FPO players, once invited players have a chance to register, the event will open to ratings-based registration starting with 1020 to 930 rated MPO to FPO players. Nate Heino also said, quote, We want this event to be unique, and the most unique part of the event is that you won't just be able to sign up for the event, unquote. So, they were basically going to do four rounds of stroke play, and then the top four, whoever was in the top four, they would basically break it off into a bracket, and they would play, and they would go head-to-head -head on each other, you know, do a semifinal. Whoever won those two against each other would end up being the two in the finals. Like they kind of did at the match play event. If you saw that at uh, the Steel Club in Philly, in Pennsylvania last year or this up uh, this past season, uh, so they're just changing it straight to um, stroke play, and I honestly like that. I loved watching the match play this year, but uh, like Yuli made a good point. It's the fact that they don't want to base any you know, past huge major tournaments off a match play, you know, uh, 
format, especially going into a final run and being a major, uh, it just doesn't work. And I kind of, uh, as much as I would have been intrigued and a little interested to see it, I completely understand and I'm not against them being like, oh yeah, we're just going to do it all format. So, uh, that was pretty huge announcement for that. Um, so, speaking of, so let's just run through it then. The tournament, because obviously we all, um, we all, obviously, because I've talked about the schedule that's been released and stuff, but, um, I never actually got to, like, talk about what tournaments, excuse me, what tournaments I'm, uh, intrigued to, um, watch this season coming up, so. I can actually find it, apparently I don't have it in here. Oh, here we go, okay, sorry. There we go, okay. You heard a bunch of papers rolling, I'm sorry. Um, like, a couple that stand out to me, like, ones that I haven't heard of, like, open at Tallahassee, that's April 8th to the 10th. Interested to see that, I've never really taken the time to watch tournaments played outside of, out, out in Florida. Uh, PDGA Champions Cup, now it's gonna be, just instead of March 13th, or April 13th through the 17th, it's gonna be 14th through the 17th. Um, another one that stands out to me is Beaver State Fling, that's one that I'm super excited about because it hasn't been here the past two seasons. Uh, and, that, and if anybody doesn't know what the Beaver State Fling is, that is the tournament that Philo Brathwaite had his um, albatross at. And one of, one of the shots that got me really into like wanting to do the, play the sport more. Um, the Sula Open and the European Open, the Silver Series event and the Major, like I'm super, super, super happy that the fact that we're going to be able to, like, especially like travel restrictions, have been some of them have been lifted, and we're going to get to see tournaments play American play, players playing overseas in Europe again so I'm super excited about that um worlds being in end of August and September I'm definitely going to try and make a trip out there because uh, I want to again I've, I've gone to Emporia before I went in 2016 to watch GBO which is DDO now um so I'm like soup I want to watch I want to walk the course I want I just want to be at worlds I just want to be there like I'm going to take that weekend week off and I just want to go and I'm making that decision right now on the show. I'm going April, August 30th through September 3rd of next season. Yours truly will be in Emporia, Kansas. I don't care what it takes. I will be there. So, um, and then the last one that really sticks out in my mind here is the Pittsburgh Flying Disc Open, which is a Silver Series event and the final one of the Silver Series of the year and another tournament that I have never watched uh, anybody play at. So, I'm sure there's like there's probably post production. In fact, there is. I know there is. Uh, of the Pittsburgh Flying Disopen of the Beaver State Fling. Um, so I'm super stoked, uh, super stoked and psyched to watch those. Um, just to kind of give me an idea what I'm, what courses I expect to see uh, next season. So, but yeah, so the Champions Cup will be stroke play now instead of match play. So, all right, now switching gears here real quick, and this is an announcement that you all. I'm sure this has been, this was a while, this was like a week or so ago, but I didn't get a, this was actually last Monday, and I didn't get a chance to talk about it, because, like, I had Gavin on last week, so we just kind of talked basically anything Gavin Rathbun, but it has been, uh, it was officially announced on November 8th that Eric Oakley has announced that he would no longer be representing Dynamic Discs moving forward. He was originally under contract with the Kansas Company through 2022 after signing an early extension in 2019. 
He was quoted by saying, I've had a lot of long conversations with Jeremy Rusco, Eric McCabe, and Gabe Diaz Serrano, and we talked a lot of the future. My goals, their goals. The things we're trying to do and feel out how we can make things work. We've come together as a business decision that we think is best to explore new grounds. I'm sure we'll continue to do some stuff together, but as of right now, I have to move on. Eric Oakley was one of the most prominent dynamic disc-sponsored players and had a popular signature disc with the Lucid X Felon. Oakley originally joined Dynamic Disc before the 2017 season. Prior to that, he represented Dismania in multiple capacities. His wife, Tina Oakley, owns and operates whale sacks. And if you have not gotten a whale sack yet, please, for the love of God, do that. Um, I, I, kept, I was highly against it and kept saying, no, it's not a rosin bag. It's not going to help me. What's it going to do? Finally caved into getting one, and I actually got one that's a blue one, and it's got black cat on a surfboard because I got a cat, so I need to do that. I got to have one with cats on it. Um, and it has helped me out tremendously. Uh, the first, the, the first ever tournament I used it was at, at Illinois Valley Invitational. We were, had that super rainy second round at, uh, Baker's Lake in Peru. And I kept putting it in my rain jacket, just kept drying my hands off, putting my disc under my shirt and going and ended up doing one over in that, which I know if it wasn't, weather conditions weren't like that, I would have played a hell of a lot better. But I still won by seven strokes, so I don't give a shit. But, <laughs> um. But yeah, unfortunate news to hear that because see, the fact that we're going to see next season uh, Dynamic Disc or Eric Oakley not wearing a Dynamic Disc shirt uh, is going to be very shocking and very weird to get used to right away. But if you want my honest opinion, because people, I get this question asked a lot. And people always ask me, they're like, hey, like, Cody, where do you think he's going to go? Like, do you think he'll go to Dismania again? Do you think he'll go to Innova? Do you think he'll go to Discraft with Paul and all them? Because him and Paul are really good friends. And to be honest, like, that DGPM thing that Drew Gibson's a part of, uh, when they're, like, trying to restructure his contract stuff with Infinite, they said that Eric Oakley was one of those players that they, or DGPM was, Eric Oakley was on that list that DGPM had that was trying to, like, restructure his contract. So I was just telling them, I said, I would not, I honestly don't know where he would go because I, I could see him going to Discraft because of Paul. I could see him going back to Dismania because that's where he started. And they just lost Gavin. But I could also see him going to Infinite and trying to get that deal that Drew Gibson got. Because that's a lifetime deal and that's never going to get duplicated. So I think if, if you want my honest and true opinion, I truly believe that Eric Oakley would probably go to Infinite. And I'm only saying that because the money would be there. And, and, and that's just going to end up being the future. Like, we're going to see players, obviously, still sponsored by Prodigy and Dismania and Latitude and Westside and, you know, all these other big, huge companies. But I think the future is going to be players sponsored by companies where they can throw more than just one company disc, like Infinite or OTB, you know. Or even, like, if Skybreed decided, Skybreed Disc decided to make their own team or gotta go, gotta throw, you know. Like, you can throw anything. I think teams like that are, are going to end up being the future of Disc Golf, so... Um, but I'm excited to see where he goes. He has not made the decision yet, but whatever his decision is, hats off to him. And I am, I am pulling for you, Eric Oakley. I am pulling for you to have a strong 2022 season. I hope you find the team that you're looking for, and I hope you find what you are looking for in your, in your upcoming disc golf career. So, man, this chair squeaks too loud. Okay. And speaking <laughs> 
Speaking of dynamic discs, ladies and gentlemen, it has been, if you have not seen it yet on his on his social, I'm sure he put it on his uh, Instagram because I do not have his Instagram, but it's been officially announced that Gavin Rathbun is leaving Dismania. Uh, he is not going to be on Dismania this year. Uh, on November 15th, this was an article written by Charlie Eisenhood uh, from Ultra World Disc Golf. And it says here that Gavin Rathbun has signed a one-year sponsorship deal with Dynamic Disc for 2022. The Emporia-based manufacturer announced today, uh, November It says today, but it was November 15th. The terms of the deal were not disclosed, but Dynamic Disc Tour Manager Eric McCabe said that it includes a Tour Series disc, monthly stipend, uh, a big, a quote, big, unquote, bonus structure, and a plan to do a lot of media coverage around him. Eric McCabe said, quote, it's a pretty solid deal for him with room to grow, and obviously we firmly believe that he, he's going to be very happy here. And at the end of the year, we'll work on a longer-term deal, unquote. Gavin, who announced on social media last, uh, like two, like I think it was like the night, the day before, two days before, that he was leaving his 2021 sponsor, Dismania, had a breakout 21-21 season with three top ten finishes at Elite Series events, including a third-place podium finish at the Des Moines Challenge on the Disc Golf Pro Tour. He was frequently on the lead card and getting airtime on live and post-production media coverage of tournaments, and this year by far was the year that people really got to know who just who Gavin Rathbun was. Uh, McCabe said he started thinking about Rathbun as potential 2022 sponsorship target back in March at Waco, where Rathbun finished 7th. After conversations in the late summer, they had a sit-down Zoom meeting to discuss in more detail. He, McCabe said, quote, I got to know him more as a person that he needs to be out on the road and his inspirations. Be out on the road and his aspirations. The two sides quickly came to terms on a contract. Rathbun was a 2016 U.S. Amateur Champion and started full-time touring in 2020 with Dismania as his sponsor. He recently underwent shoulder surgery to repair a torn labrum and in his physical therapy rehabbing the shoulder to prepare for next season. He didn't compete in any Elite Series events or majors after Ledgestone in early August and was clearly not at 100% for the match play championships, his last competitive disc golf of the season. Torah labrum recovery in athletes usually takes three to four months, which sets Rathbone up for a potential return at the start of the 2022 season. He couldn't be reached for comment by press time. Um, but I have that, and if you guys listened to my episode last week, Gavin said, if all things go right, he will be back next year. His first uh, tournament will be Waco. So, ha! I got that before you did! No, I'm just kidding. Suck on that, Charlie Eisenhood! No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But he immediately becomes one of the... He, and by signing this contract, Gavin immediately becomes one of Dynamic Disc's top MPO players alongside Chris Clemens. The company parted ways last week with Eric Oakley and has been under scrutiny from fans for their lack of top sponsored pros. McCabe said that the company is thrilled to sign Rathbun and has more in the works after offering contracts to Calvin Heinberg and Eagle McMahon last offseason but missing out on signing them. Dynamic Disc recently opened a new 80,000 square foot warehouse in Emporia, quadrupling their footprint. McCabe said, quote, I think you're going to see some changes in the next couple of years with us being in the new warehouse and a close relationship with Latitude 64, unquote, said McCabe. So, but yeah, and now I got a funny story about that. So, Gavin, and when I picked up Gavin last week for our episode, we talked like a month or two before that when Hunter Thomas, who runs, um, God, 
What's that fucking podcast? Oh, God, I'm going to hate this. It's out of the Foundation Network. Grip Locked. There we go. Grip Locked. That, turn, that, um, that podcast he does. He wrote on his Twitter, if you follow him on Twitter, saying that, oh, the offseason's begun. Gavin Rathbone signed a two-year deal with Dynamic Disc. I immediately messaged, because my buddies were like, oh, my God, is that true? You know, like, holy shit, holy shit. And so I messaged Gavin just to ask him, like, is this true? You know, like, how do people know this? And he was like, sheesh, you know, like, I have everything going right for me at Dismania. Like, I wouldn't do that, yada, yada, yada. But when I picked him up the day of my, you know, thing, we were talking and I just, you know, because he said he didn't want to talk about sponsorships. So I just briefly, I didn't you know, I said, so was there, is there a reason you didn't want to talk about sponsorships or... He says, uh, everything's just kind of weird right now with trying to figure stuff out. And then I said, jokingly said, oh, so was Hunter's tweet true? And he just laughed. He didn't, like, you know, say yes or no. So I said, okay, now if you tell me, I promise to God, I swear on my nephew's lives, I will not tell anybody. But is Hunter Thomas's tweet to, to like, two, a couple months ago true? And he said, yeah, of course, but... I don't know how he got that information because it wasn't even discussed until like a week or so ago. And I said, oh, so you're actually going to Dynamic Disc, so what's up with this mania? He said, I'm just not, he just basically said he's not getting as much publicity with them. Um, like his name got noticed a lot this year, but you know, with the team being really, this mania being really, the name being really around the three main players in Eagle, uh, Simon, Lazat, and Kyle Klein. He just felt like it was kind of like James feeling an interval. He just didn't feel like he was getting enough, you know, like, notice. Whereas, like, when he was an interval and Ricky Waisaki was, or, you know, all the other, all those other players. Um, so he had, so the fact that um, he just said, yeah, I'm just not getting the publicity for it, so that's why I'm done. Um, and actually, after we're done with our podcast, he's going to be doing a, having a, doing a phone call with Avery Jenkins to tell him that he wasn't coming back. And, and then they actually, the day after he did my podcast, so last Thursday, he ended up doing a, what, I think he, he said a podcast, Dynamic Disc podcast, but it was more of like an introduction video, so they like did this thing, and then you can actually listen to their like intro, introduction, like them talking and stuff and signing and whatnot, on Dynamic Disc website, I believe. Um, if you don't know where to find it, I'm sure you can message Gavin if you have him on social media, and he'd be easily, be able to easily tell you that, so... I think the move is very, very smart, um, especially going to Dynamic Disc after Eric Oakley left. I even joked with him. I said, is that why Eric Oakley left? Because you were signing? He said, no, I would never be the reason Eric left. Um, Eric just wanted to move on to better things. That was actually, that announcement was actually, or that decision was actually made before they even talked to Gavin about officially becoming a member of um, Dynamic Disc. But not only as his friend, as a disc golf fan, I honestly love the move because, like I said, it would be more publicity for him. Uh, with Eric Eric Oakley leaving the team, other than Chris Clemens, he's going to be the biggest name on there. It'll just be like, there wasn't really big names for MVP until James Conrad joined it. And then James Conrad won Worlds, and then MVP blew up. Like, they started, they NBs went out the door. Nomads, like, anything MVP that James Conrad threw was selling like goddamn hotcakes. And it just got so much publicity just because he signed over. And he ended up, just because he made that shot in one world, they ended up becoming a bigger name than they already were. And and now they're doing all these mystery MVP packs, and I'm kind of intrigued to get one. But maybe when I have the money, but we'll see. So the fact that I feel like him moving the dynamic disc will be a great move for him. And 
I think it was a smart idea to only sign him to a one-year deal because it's like, okay, we'll sign him to a one-year deal, see how it goes, and then based off what he does, give him a bigger contract, which I know Gavin, and personally, I feel like they'll get to, like, May or June. They'll be like, all right, we're going to give you, like, a three-year extension. <laughs> like, they'll give him the extension before the season even comes. I just feel like, I just have that much confidence that Gavin's going to have great, bigger things. I mean, his name became big, huge this past season. He's coming up torn uh, labrum surgery. Um, he's got a lot more to prove. Um, the man's like 1028 rated or something, or 1026 rated. I expect that man to not only make Dynamic Dis a bigger name next year, along with Chris Clemens. I also expect Zach Melton. Um, I also expect that boy to be around a 1050 rated player. If he doesn't make it to 1050, at least being between 1040 and 1050. I just see really, really, really good things coming in the future for Gavin Rathbun. And I just feel like this jump from Dismania to Dynamic Disc is going to put him in a leap in the right direction. Um, because he's able to throw uh, Latitude now and Westside and Dynamic all and whatnot, I was telling him, I'm like, do you ever take advice from like any friends or any amateur players? And he said, I mean, I try not to, but I always, I'm always down to take advice. And I said, if you're going to throw anything from Westside, you need to throw two discs. You need to throw um, Worship, or no, three, I'm sorry. You need to throw Worship, uh, Underworld, and you need to throw a Harp. Those are the three that I that I personally love throwing. And he said, oh, I'm practicing, I'm going to be working with a lot of Harps, and he's going to be working with a lot of Scapes and Evaders and stuff. And I even said, well, if you throw anything uh, Latitude 64, can I give you some advice? And he said, yeah, of course, obviously. I said, can you talk to Eric McCabe, and can you tell him to bring the Colvern back? If anybody doesn't know what a Colvern is, it is a Latitude 64 distance driver that is a 9-speed, I believe has a 5 or 6 glide, a 1 and a half, or no, a negative 1 turn, and a 1 and a half fade. Oh no, a, half, a negative half turn and a 1 and a half fade. So it's pretty overstable, it's pretty controlled overstable shot. Uh, it's one of my favorite discs in my bag. Uh, I've gotten a lot, most majority of my birdies with that disc. That and my sapphire. So those are my two, both from Latitude. Um, so if they're able to bring, if he's able to talk to Eric McCabe and bring back the Culverin, please, for the love of God, do. Can that be his goddamn, I, wouldn't, I mean, it has to be a dynamic disc disc, and that sucks. But if he was able to do a signature disc for Latitude, could you please do a Culverin? Please bring back the Culverin. That's all I ask in the fucking goddamn world. Please. That is one. But, um, big shout out to Gavin for being able to, uh, make that big decision and handle, and make, and probably making a good decision for him. Per, uh, not only personally, but professionally as well. Because, don't get me wrong, like, Dismania is a fantastic company. I, most of my stuff I throw it from Dismania. Like, Eagle, my favorite player, Eagle McMahon, is Simon Lazat throw from Dismania, but I just personally think that he made the right decision just so he could make his name, like he already made his name big this year, imagine him being on a team where he's like pretty much, him, other than Chris Clemens, is the face of that company, of that team, so like, you think his name being more noticed a lot last, this season was was a lot, like just imagine what his name's gonna, how much notice his name's getting himself will get next season, so... Very excited to see what upcoming 2022 season has for Gavin Rathbun. I'm excited to see what 2022 has for Eric Oakley coming up and seeing where he goes. 
I'm excited to see the fact that the PDGA has done the uh, stroke play uh, for all, all for every single round of uh, the Champions Cup. Now I'm excited for that. Like I said, I was gonna, I was a little intrigued to see what the match play was gonna be, but it all, like I said at the end of the day, it made perfect sense. Um, wish me luck. If you do not wish me luck on social media, if you see me in person, wish me luck this Sunday as I will be, like I said, playing in that Flight of the Turkeys tournament at 50 Acre Park in Evergreen Park, Illinois. And MA3, we're not playing MA4, we're being big boys now, we're moving on up, like the Jeffersons, moving on up. Um, and I will be in that same division with Alex Ator. And Alex Ator, if you're listening to this, I am coming for that ass. Yep, coming for that ass. So, you're going to lose to me. You're going to lose. But So wish me luck for that. That is going to be taking place this Sunday. Uh, one round tournament. Which I'm kind of relieved about to be honest. Let me get on to that real quick. Because it's getting colder. My arm's starting to feel it. Like the season's starting to end up. So I'm basically just going out here to have fun. End of the season tournament. Going out to have fun. Not embarrass myself. Have a blast. Have meet some cool people. Have some lunch with my buddies. Have some beer. Um, you know, just have fun. Just have fun. So, it's going to be a good time. Uh, like I said, if you have not signed up for that, please do. Michael Walsh will be running it. He's a good person. Um, congrats, like I said again, to Andrew Presnell and Cat Merch on their big wins at this past weekend at the Arkansas Open. Uh, big shout out to Carson Sapp that I played out to, on a card with this uh, past, uh, or two Saturdays ago on November 6th at the Walnut Open for being a down to earth kid, being only 15, and being. Talk, being able to talk to him, have a conversation like an adult was was amazing. So uh, keep up that keep up that driving, man. Keep up that power. Work on that putting. Work on those up shots, and just get those get your body ment physically and mentally prepared for next season, man. I expect hell of a great things for you. So, but all right, guys, that about wraps up this week's episode of Off the Chains, episode eleven. Uh, I want to quickly re uh, thank everybody who has taken the time and spent uh, wasted an hour of their lives listening to me every Wednesday, um, talking things disc golf. I appreciate it so goddamn much, you guys. I love you all so much. Uh, this sport has absolutely saved my life. I used to deal with so much bad depression, anxiety in my life. Didn't always make the right decisions. Uh, disc golf has definitely given me a reason to be happy again, other than my family, of course, obviously. Um, it's definitely saved me as a person, who I was. Um, all the people I've met have definitely made me feel more welcome in this, not only in this disc golf life, but also in life itself. Um, so the fact that I'm able to spend an hour of my time every Wednesday to talk things disc golf, trying to grow the sport more, trying to give you guys my intel, my intakes on things disc golf, my thoughts, my my what my opinions are on things disc golf related. So thank you guys ever so much for that. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the episode, if you not have not followed me yet, please do. The links will be in the description of my posts on Twitter and Facebook once this episode is done. Um, it is, what, 5.15 now, so probably in the next 10 to 15 minutes this episode will be uploaded. Um, so all my links will be on there. Also, like I said, if you want to be on the show, if you want to give me advice on things I need to improve, if you have questions for me that you would like to me to ask on the show and have answered, please email the show. I've never gotten an email yet, but if you would love to email the show, please, I always say it all the time, but email the show, all lowercase, one word, off the chains podcast at yahoo.com. It's going to be a good time. 
anything disc golf you want to talk about, come on. We'll talk about it. I'm always down to have guests on. Um, join me next Wednesday, though, for episode 12 as I'll recap my last tournament. Um, any other disc golf news-related things I have to talk about. And next week could possibly be the season finale. Not the series finale. The season finale of this episode of this uh, podcast. As this, we're just running out of things to talk about for this uh, 2021 season. So if I end up talking about more things after that, I will definitely do that. But as far as having an episode every week, might not be a thing. But we will see on that. Other than that, guys, tell someone you love them this week because not every day is guaranteed. I am Cody Enerbold, PDGA number 148739, and I will see you guys next Wednesday. Peace!